everyone, and welcome to the Paper Plane Cocktail Hour. I am one of your hosts, Amy Lowenberg, Senior Relations Manager for New York Now, Community Spotlight Podcaster, and all-around retailer advocate. My focus is to bring you important information, conversations, and perspectives from both sides of the aisle. And I'm your host, Sarah. You may know me as the founding editor and editor-in-chief of Stationary Trends Magazine, my site, The Paper Nerd, or possibly my other podcast, The Paper Fault. I have been covering the stationery and gift industry since 1997, but never did I imagine that I'd one day be covering the markets here in the virtual space. So throughout 2022, Sarah and I will be raising our glasses alongside our pencils as we share stories, compare notes, and celebrate three of our all-time favorite topics, stationery, connection, and cocktails. Cheers! Cheers. So, Paper Plains listeners will know that we have divided 2022 into phases. In January through April, we examined members of our community in their initial phase of their careers. So, in May, we are morphing into the next phase, which can be hard. Here you have spent all this time making your brand take off. Then how do you continue the trajectory once that happens? It reminds me of that truism you hear about rock stars. You have your whole life to write your first album and a month to write your second. (laughs) Well, lucky for her, our guest star today is making it look easy. Though, of course, we all know it only appears that way from the outside. Amy, why don't you say... Spill who we're having for cocktails on this lovely May evening. Absolutely. Alicia Castaldi is the force of nature and creative artistic vision behind Girl with Knife, your new BFF in paper goods and home decor. These products are feminine, authentic, unapologetic, and just might break your most stoic RBF. And if you don't know what that is, people, look it up. (laughs) <laughs> Alicia Alicia believes in a life lived glamorously with reckless abandon and um, in six-inch stilettos to boot. The brand launched in 2018, and even a pandemic couldn't stop it. From nearly its inception, Girl With Knife has exploded and is now carried in thousands of retail stores across the U.S. and around the world. It's been featured in print publications such as What Women Create, Palm Springs Life, New York Magazine, Reserved Magazine, LA Business Journal, oh my gosh, Stationary Trends, and, uh, <laughs> um, and online publications, including HGTV, BuzzFeed, LA Magazine, and more. Alicia was named one of the 10 designers to watch in 2020 by Stationary Trends, and if that's not a double-edged sword, I don't know what is. <laughs> And for any listeners who got an eyeful of Girl with Knife and think Alicia just decided to start a brand on a whim, you would be quite mistaken. A graduate of Rhode Island School of Design, aka RISD, Alicia began her career in New York City as a fashion art director and illustrator. As a collage artist, paper has always been Alicia's first love. Her illustrations are a mix of painted, cut paper, and digital elements with the, cre- with the creative process ever supervised by her fierce white cat, Princess Vespa. Quite quite literally, there's always an X-Acto knife within arm's reach, thus girl with knife. 
Girl with Knife combines Alicia's paper lust with her love of fashion, travel, a good laugh, and anything the color of rosé. <laughs> it seems like just yesterday I rounded a corner at New York Now in 2019 and discovered this dynamo of sleek design and modern sentiment. Since I was fortunate enough to meet Alicia early on, I am very invested in her work and watching her star rise and wondering what she's going to do next has just been amazing to witness so far. Yeah, it really has. This year, 2022, Alicia introduced pillows, candles, and art prints and um, kicking it off exhibiting at the Daniel Richards showroom in Atlanta and Dallas. Meanwhile, we recorded this episode just before the very first SF Now, co-located with Noted. It occurred this past April 27th and 28th in the gorgeous Fort Mason Center for the Arts and Culture in Fisherman's Wharf, and it was quite a success. So now, up until then, Alicia had already won four Noted at Noted Awards, as well as her prestigious first Louis Award in 2021. But this year, she was nominated for four Louis including both Writer of the Year and Artist of the Year. And she was also a finalist for four Noted at Noted Awards. Nothing like a little suspense to keep you on the edge of your seat. Absolutely. <laughs> so when all was said and done with the Louis and the Noted and Noted Awards, the girl with the knife didn't disappoint. Alicia won a Louis for Artist of the Year, which is really perfect for her as her work is both visually striking and verbally compelling. And she really is an artist in every sense of the word. Absolutely. Congratulations. Yay. And she won three Noted It Noted awards for Best Color Combo, Snarkiest Card, and Best Snow Occasion Just Because. Let's hope that she has plenty of room on her mantle at her posh Palm Springs digs because she's going to need it. She's totally going to need it. She may need to make another mantle or two if you want to think about it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But of course, none of us knew that when we recorded this. So this was quite um, an adventure for us as well. So let's chill those drinks and bring on the girl of the hour. Hey, Alicia. We're so happy you're with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you. And I have been craving this human interaction. (laughs) (laughs) Well, welcome. (laughs) Us as well. You're in good company. (laughs) Yes. So um, I know I have told you this a million times, uh, but it, it it was such a treat first discovering you back in the before times of 2019. And then, you know, in the ensuing years, kind of seeing you ascend into this very distinctive position um, in the stationery and gift marketplace. Uh, I think one of the things that inspired me the most about Girl With Knife is not just the fact that you have a really, really distinctive vision, uh, but that you forged your path pretty solo. Uh, By that, I mean, I don't see you in some of the industry groups and associations uh, most new makers tend to gravitate to. So I wanted to ask you about having the bravery in your perspective and path to just do it your own way. Uh, Girl With Knife is not just a stationary brand. It's well on its way to being a lifestyle home brand, much in the path of rifle paper. Uh, So was that your plan all along? (laughs) Yes, definitely. Definitely. Um, It's funny when when 
you said that there's like a certain way that people come into this industry. I had no preconceived notions of what that would, that trajectory would look like. And so I just sort of entered it very organically and did what I felt to be the right thing, which was to just like go big and make a splash. And this way I would know right away, like I wouldn't have to wait for the trickle, trickle, trickle of like, is this going to be a thing or is this not? It was like sink or swim. I had a 30 foot booth at the NSS and I knew within an hour that this brand was going to be a brand. And, you know, it was like really cool. And I'm so glad that I did it that way because I think coming from children's books and having like a bit of success with, you know, I had four books that I did, um, one of which I was the author, which was a, you know, a lifelong dream. But I also felt like after being in the industry for, let's say, 10 years, it was probably longer than that, that I wanted to be way ahead of where I was. So like if I could speed up that process and just go for it as hard as I could and just see what happens, then it was just like getting to the ending faster in a way. <laughs> the ending being the beginning, really. <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, when so living in New York really exposed me to Jonathan Adler. And one of my best friends worked for Jonathan Adler. And I was like this young, broke girl who had this obsession with Jonathan Adler. So it was a hard thing to, to do because I could probably afford a salt shaker. <laughs> Not the pepper, <laughs> just the salt. <laughs> so, but, but being exposed to somebody who really took their brand and created a world like the way that Kate Spade did that. And you walk mm -hmm. into a Kate Spade store and you're in her world. There's right. nothing that doesn't belong. Right. It's a vision. So, it's like a vision and it's it aesthetic. Is. And, it's, and a it's an A to Z, like there's no in-betweens. So I wanted my own world, right. you know? I was so inspired by that. And um, so now I have this opportunity to be the creator but also like the person that green lights everything and so it's really it's amazing and so I'm like you know of course I want to make pillows and candles and art prints because these are all the things that I want to buy and so it's like well why would I buy it if I can make it um, so I'm just satisfying all my consumer needs <laughs> one piece at a time Right. And I know that, uh, you know, you, you have said that, um, you know, I love your, and I love your children's book and your children's book illustrations. And I'm a big fan of like fifties, you know, children's books and that, and that sort of thing. So I can see why, uh, that was your initial path, um, as you began, as you started your career, but you've said like your humor was like a little off for children's books. Um, like it was never quite like quite at that point, but that when you started playing around with greeting cards, this like simple ageless, uh, form, uh, that that was the visual format that just like made sense to you that you understood that you could run with, 
Um, so what what is it about the greeting card that makes it uh, the ideal medium for you? And really, as you as your brand expands, it does seem to be, you know, the centerpiece from which everything flows. Right. Well, first of all, I mean, I think yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, especially you being a prolific writer that you are. Yes. Words, <laughs> words mean so much to me, right? And so like a specific word. And so when that word gets edited, I'm like, no, 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 no. I love like the cadence of that word and how that word plays off another word. But child words are, you know, they're simpler. It, it's just like they don't have that sophistication yet. And um you know, double negatives, like you can't throw in a double negative and you could, you know, and the mom will get it maybe or the dad, but um, I found that who, who I am in my humor, my like off the cuff kind of stuff, it wasn't really resonating as well with kids books. And so when I got to the adult world, I just felt like, oh, I could just say whatever the heck I want. This is awesome. (laughs) And use the words that I want to use. And no one, there's no one changing it. It's just me. It's just me. So hopefully they're all spelled right. That's, (laughs) I really am the last stop on the train. (laughs) Right. And they haven't started banning greeting cards yet. Right. Exactly. Not that we know of now. Exactly. So I'm not. happy to say that I've won two awards for profanity. So it's like, it's just like, <laughs> I feel like I'm in the right lane. <laughs> you definitely found your, your, your right lane. How, um, how about your coastal experience? You know, you grew up in Rhode Island and you went to RISD. You moved to New York and you worked as a fashion art director and and experienced life, as you said. Um, You then got engaged and you moved to L.A. and now you're in Palm Springs. So you you've bounced around a little bit here. Um, How do you think your eastern, western and southern experience has shaped your unapologetic and fierce brand identity? Um, okay, so Rhode Island is, at least where I come from in Rhode Island, it's very, a very colorful place in terms of uh, everyone's a character. Everyone's like this larger than life, like Italian American character. And certainly in my family, I mean, like the comedy coming out of my family, I'm like the least funny person in my family, I promise you. Um <laughs> My grandmother lived downstairs and she was a battle axe. I mean, she, so my card that says you're on my shit list, that was her famous saying. And so when you were on her shit list, (laughs) your picture came off the fridge and that was it. No, it came off the fridge. You knew oh, you were yeah. in trouble. It went then. in the drawer. <laughs> if your picture was in the drawer, you're screwed. Man. <laughs> I love that um, singing. That's yeah. such a that's such a I my stepfather used to say that about people. And like it was impossible. He would be so mad and it was impossible not to kind of laugh a little bit. Oh funny. yeah. When somebody, <laughs> it's a funny phrase when someone says that. Right. So, you know, I so I certainly got my humor from just being around so so many comedy acts throughout, you know, in my life and then getting to New York. Um, I mean, I think I was born 
with like champagne taste for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Unlike where I'm from, I was definitely, I I was born into the wrong family, I think. But when I got to New York, it was like, okay, these are my people, you know, and I Mm -hmm. would, you know, I worked in retail. So I would be shopping on my lunch break and looking around. And then I would go to Barney's for the uh, infamous sample sales. Oh, Oh, yeah. Oh, the Barney sample. Then I moved closer oh to the Barney's sample sale. I'm not <laughs> saying I moved to 21st Street just because of that, but it definitely had its advantages. <laughs> it definitely helped with the uh, real estate oh, yeah. option. I mean, I was there every day, but, you know, just just being exposed to all the glitz and glamour and then meeting David, um, you know, he, he was in the music industry and it definitely allowed me to see different people's uh fancy apartments and things like that and I was like I'm into the home decor stuff (laughs) so I've just it it just always I think just being exposed to different environments always shaped what I was interested in um and then of course moving to California I, I came kicking and screaming I love New York, Mm -hmm. but what I found was that I really found nature. Like I never appreciated nature. I grew up in sort of a city like environment and Mm -hmm. moving to New York, it was also a city. So Mm -hmm. now I'm, I have a little garden. I, I grow like dill and basil and different things. And I have hummingbirds and all kinds of birds laying eggs on my property. And um, so California just got me really more in touch with nature and which I started painting flowers and I can't stop. Now I understand Anna Bond because Mm -hmm. you start to paint flowers. It's, it's very spiritual. Yeah. 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 I wouldn't have done. I think if I had stayed in New York, I wouldn't be painting flowers. I'm definitely. I can totally relate. I can totally relate. I painted bugs always, but well, was that the New York thing? It was. I would actually yeah, of like course. little cockroaches <laughs> with high heels on. Yeah, of course. Of course they were wearing high heels if they were your bugs. And I they get have that. like a cosmo <laughs> in one of their <laughs> um, Well, I, I can completely relate. I mean, I have that East Coast, West Coast thing too. And I will oh, say yeah. that. Yep. Yep. Born and raised in the city. And I lived in San Francisco for a good 10 years. And, and I will say the minute I landed there, um, yeah, it was a very different experience with nature and appreciation of, of just quality of life. And I love New York. I'm back in New York now, obviously, but, um, I, I understand. I, I think I, if I were there a little longer and I was a little older, I would have started painting flowers too. I I have no doubt. (laughs) It's true. And you know, I'm a lot nicer. Yes. How are you? How's your day going? Like, do you who, find you talk to like, every, like, who are you right now? You <laughs> talk to everybody now, right? When I go to New York, David and I have a code that we do not talk to people. <laughs> He's like, don't be that person. Don't like talk to somebody. <laughs> but, That's a part of it. I mean, I when. I've heard LA described as sad heaven and New York city as happy hell. And, um, oh, and wow. I, it's like, so ever since I heard it, it's all I can think about. And it's, crazy. It's, it's so true. Right. Like, uh, and I, it's interesting that you have both of those like, um, elements really that are so, so lively in your work, the flora, the flora and fauna and that kind of gritty edge. 
Right. Yeah. It's not too sweet. I can't do overly sweet. I just can't. It's not me. Well, I mean, we should talk about the Louis Awards and your nominations in in, in, in a second here, but thinking about some of your images with your really pretty little pink posies, and then it's like snake. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like I just have to throw in something that gives a little, shakes it up a little bit. That's the edge. Yeah. All right. So let, let's just pay homage where homage is due. You have been yes. nominated for four Louis Awards this year for yes. the 33rd renowned event that honors the best greeting card of the year. You are a finalist for birthday small, from a small company. Thank you for over $5 and the prestigious dynamic duo of Louis Awards, writer of the year and artist of the year. I mean... Congratulations. Yes, Sarah and I, come on. And and not only is she the sole holder of the profanity award, noted and noted as she's mentioned, as far as I know, Alicia, you're the first double nominee for both of those awards as well, which is is super prestigious. Double nom, but wait, wait, listeners out there, it does not stop there. You are also a finalist for four noted at noted awards as well. Um, and by the time this episode actually airs, we're going to know who won what. But in the meantime, just tell us what all this means to you. It's crazy. I, when you guys are saying this, I'm actually like in disbelief. <laughs> but, you know, I I have to say that I have to just be quite honest and candid. I mean, when I was in kids books and I would go every year in October, they had the society of illustrators would do the original art show for all the picture books that came out that year. And I would go and I was really just felt very much a spectator, you know? And I was like, Oh, someday maybe I can have some kind of recognition. And you know, fast forward to now, but I must say that in between that moment and this moment, there was a moment like five years ago that I came dangerously close to quitting my entire career. And so I I think, Sarah, you might've read that in um, my, what women creates, what women create um, article, but I just have to say that for people listening, they might not see me as an underdog, but I really have to share that it felt like that a lot of times in my career. So this is so exciting. I didn't end up quitting. I, I, you know, my husband is my rock and he's been my biggest cheerleader and he just would never let me do that. So I just decided to just, instead of painting for it to be anything. I just decided to paint every day with sort of like a reckless abandon. And um, I did that for a year. And then in that year, I totally rebuilt my confidence. So, you know, then I named this brand something like really just off the wall kind of, right? I was like, (laughs) No one's going to call my career cute anymore. (laughs) I am coming guns blazing and I'm going to do this. 
And I, I really felt like I already won. It didn't even matter what happened after that. I just felt like I like slayed the dragon. And then I, I got to the NSS mm-hmm. and it just like everything just clicked. Yeah. And that moment felt like, okay, I, I made it. And so now every moment after that, like, you know, getting the designers to watch in 2020 from stationary trends and things like that and having a noted award, especially for profanity. I mean, that's so funny. Like, that makes me so happy. And snarkiness. Like, I love that. That makes me so proud, (laughs) especially born and raised in Providence to get a snarkiness award and a profanity award like I am killing it <laughs> you're doing but, your hometown proud <laughs> I am I really am um so to get the be nominated for both writer of the year and you know artist of the year it just feels like I'm coming full circle in my entire career and it's just I've already I feel like I've already won and honestly, like among the competition, whoever wins both of these categories, like I will be so happy because it's just, there's so much talent. It's amazing. Wow. wow. Well, I mean, I have to say how, how it, it was an incredible story to hear your past and, and where you are now for us to, to, to feel so empowered in what we do. And it's, it is, um, it's kind of like, candy on the side to be recognized, to be doing what you love doing. Um, so, you know, congratulations. And, and the fact that you had this incredible path that ping ponged in, on, in different areas of, of the, of the country and, and you're, you're moving around with product and you, you re-identified your brand and you, you've persevered. Um, this is a great story and, and you deserve all the accolades that come your way. Thanks so much. That means so much. It it really is so deeply meaningful to me to be doing what I love and, you know, to be recognized for it. It's even better. It's just fun. Absolutely. And I think you brought up a really, really important point, um, uh, which is, you know, like everyone, when we see the outside of someone's booth or someone's range, like it looks so polished and perfect. Um, but like everyone's fighting their own little battles um, while this is going on. And even the most successful person in the world, like, you know, they have they have their Achilles heel. And, you know, I just think it's a really important uh, thing to mention during awards season when so many awards are going out. It's, uh, you know, like if you are, if you do, you know, not win and you're looking at that other one that did, like, you know, it, it, it is an honor for them, but you know, it, it's in things on the other side might not be quite how you're perceiving them. I guess that would be my right. Point. And, and that, that might be, it's their moment and they, you know, that's amazing for that person. And, and I, I want them to have their moment just as much as I want to have mine. So it's like, it's all good. It's just, it's an honor just to even have my name set, you know? This is about, this is you paper people. This is like the best community ever. There's so much love. I love it. I love it. It's true. It's true because we're, I think at the end of the day, we're really sensitive people or else we wouldn't be interested in greeting cards to begin with. 
Absolutely. Well, I mean, just the ability to actually evoke an emotion with a few short words, you know, means you, you tap in and it is a talent and it is uh, one that not everybody possesses. So you are right. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, look, we're like some of the most sensitive people out there. So, <laughs> <laughs> so which, which brings, which brings us to our last question. Um, um, and it sort of plays off of what we were talking about, which is like, um, how have the events of the past few years uh, changed how you you see stationary, and um, how do you think the category will continue to evolve in consumer perception? I mean, you create these amazing cards. Like, what is going in them? I mean, you must, it must when you hear from your customers, like, how are they using them, and how do you feel like they, you know, how do you feel like they take this and run with it? And maybe is that different than how it was? in the before times. Right. Well, it's funny. My husband always reminds me. I mean, I think you probably get the sense that I am definitely an overachiever. So whenever I get down in the dumps, like I'm not where, you know, I'm not at my crazy goal that I set for me. He's like, Alicia, you do realize that you built your entire business pretty much in a pandemic. Like, (laughs) like give yourself a break. So, but, uh, you know, we're in such unprecedented times where when else in history has the world just completely stopped on a dime and, you know, come to a screeching halt and, you know, there's all this uncertainty and everyone's dealing with all these crazy family issues and things like that. And so I think we really did cling to our people are people who get us through like the regular stressful stuff, like yeah. suddenly became very much more important to us and um, connection, connecting with everybody. And I guess uh, part of that became like cards and sending little care packages. And if you send a care package, you want to send a card with it. And so, you know, people have just really been buying cards a lot, which is awesome. And for me, it's inspired me. Like everything that I do is really autobiographical, but also fueled by what I want to give to my friends. So, you know, the partners in mischief card, like I made that specifically for my, one of my best friends. So, but there's so many of my cards that I make specifically like based on something that happened, whether it was a death or you know, a congratulations of some sort or something like that. So um, I think as we move towards the metaverse and like this virtual reality, I think there's going to be a whole crop of us that just kind of run in the opposite direction. And we want tactile, <clears throat> you know, we want candles and pillows and greeting cards and stationery. And we're sort of like, rooted in that analog life for whatever reason, like we love that. And I think that there's always going to be people who love the tactile world. It gives us comfort. It, you know, makes us feel a certain way. And I'm, so I'm expanding my brand to encompass things that I love. And so it's candles and pillows and art prints, things like that. And I really do think that 
cards are, are here to stay and definitely becoming more popular as things get more virtual. Completely agree. I agree. I agree. I mean, I, this year I started, I always send cards, but this year I'm, a, I decided to be a little more uh, thoughtful about it and really sending cards. Like if someone does me a good turn, like I'm sending a card and just thanking them and taking a moment. And, uh, it is amazing. Uh, not only how it makes me feel, but then I, I mail it and I forget about it. And then you hear it from the part and then the person reaches out to you and is like, oh my gosh, I got that. Thank you so much. And I've almost forgotten about it. Um, but it deepens, uh, it deepens my experience of life. It deepens their experience in life. And it is um, something that like the digital age might sort of forget. So uh, I just think it's so, it's such an important uh, way to communicate uh, with people. And I'm embarrassed to say I covered the industry before 50, you know, for a long time before I, I even really experienced it for myself. I understand. It's, well, we're busy, you know, we're always so busy. And so you do have to really like take time to send a card. And that's part of the gift. The gift is your yeah. time that you right. sat there and wrote out your thoughts. And one of the cool things that happens, aside from receiving my own cards from my friends, I mean, we're at the point where they wouldn't dare give me like someone else's card. <laughs> I just immediately flip it over and I'm like, all right, who's, who's doing this? Like what I'm like in my industry mode, but um, they give me my cards back to me with, of course, with all these sweet sentiments inside it. So that's really cool. But some of my friends actually put the cards that I give them on their like altar with their crystals and their candles and all that. So it becomes part of like that partners in mischief card could become part of someone's daily ritual like they're right. looking at my art during their ritual I, yeah. I just think it's it goes beyond the surface yeah like goes- someone can't put a text at their altar right you know? right so, it goes right. beyond what it is. And if you filled it out, it's your writing and that's your, you know, sort of power and your vibe and it's right there. I, I agree. I mean, I feel like what I write in a card is so much more thoughtful than what I would either say in conversation or shoot back in a text or an email. Like, yeah. um, and that's, that's what, that's part of what makes the medium so special. Yeah. I love, um, I have a mirror that I put all of my cards into that I that I receive. And then when the mirror fills up, I like remove the cards and then I fill it up again. It turns into this like mirror wreath during the holidays. But, um, I, I, um, thinking back to my, my days, uh, being a greeting card buyer anytime. Well, I still do it. We all do it. We get something in the mail and we flip it over to see <laughs> that card flip. I think it stays with us for the rest of our life. <laughs> <laughs> I just have to say that Amy, I did not realize that I am a super fan of yours, being that you were a card buyer at Cape Capery. Wow. I mean, I feel like I am just in awe because that store was everything to me. 
Yeah, yeah, it was really, it was lovely. And um, all the stores were just a, a magnet for people, you know, visiting the city. They would always come in during market time and do their little comp shopping. And, you know, you always knew, you always knew when market was in town, just because <laughs> it's happening because you had this little flow of people with their little notepads, you know, because oh, yeah. they weren't taking pictures then. They were writing notes of like, you know, oh, yeah, they were in their Blackberry. <laughs> <laughs> I had a very surreal moment yesterday in LA. Which what was happened? Really fun. My friend was visiting, and so I'm I'm back and forth to LA quite a bit right now. And uh, we went to the Westfield Mall, and I was walking around with her, and I was like, we came across a paper source, and I was like, oh, let's pop in. I want to see like what what my cards are doing, and if I need to fluff them or anything. <laughs> um, and so we went in, and I saw my card in paper source. And then we went into anthropology and I was like, Oh, let me see. You know, I wanted to go and visit my card in anthropology. And it was just like, who am I right now? It's like your child at college. It's true. I had to go visit my babies. Yeah. But Ivy leagues, no less. Yeah, It was really cool. And of course my friend has been friends with me from when this idea was just like this tiny little seed and so to see her experience it like now is kind of cool too no it doesn't get old no well listen this has been an incredible conversation and sarah and i could talk to you for the rest of the day um (laughs) but you've got a couple of exciting things coming up why don't you share where people can see you find you what you have your hands into, what's coming next. Come on, give us a little nugget of, of, of what is to come from Girl With Knife. Um, okay, so I will definitely be at the Noted show in San Francisco. Right on. This month in like 15 days, not that I'm freaking out or anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we'll be there. And then summer market will be in... Atlanta and Dallas again at the Daniel Richards showroom. Um, I'm going to be launching some more candles and pillows nice. in the summertime and art prints. I'm really excited about that. And of course, more cards. And in terms of where I'm going, I'm definitely exploring other fun housewares, gifty items like soaps and other good smelling things. So and you would you would do me. Hand cream is on the agenda. I I have a manufacturer in Provence um, that I'm very excited about. So we're 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 in building mode. I'm I'm definitely learning this new language, like the language of scent and how that mm. applies to my brand. Mm-hmm. So, really cool to dive into new uncharted territory for myself yeah I really thought your scents were really good like to have what an eternally fair eternally fear should be the scent of midnight rose like you (laughs) had a really nose for that and that's a totally new domain for you so like I can't wait to see what you do next yeah this is going to be such a pleasure to watch you continue on your path it's exciting I just love that I can do all this. You know, I just love that I'm in the driver's seat. And thankfully, I have a very supportive husband who like follows me down all these winding paths. And he's 
just as excited as I am. Um, and he is my stock boy. He carries all my heavy boxes to the post office. <laughs> <laughs> He's the boy with a knife. He is. He is. I think that's what his email says, right? I think that's boy his girl with knife. Boy that girl with knife. We love it. I love it. So, all right. Well, how can our listeners reach you? Uh, they they can go to my website, girlwithknife.com. That's W-I-T-H um, for the with. And also on Instagram, girl W knife is my handle on Instagram. And um, they can call me if they would like to chat. <laughs> she might think it's your, her mom. It, it, it's just my mom calls me now. So I accept any other phone calls. So I guess that is really an invitation for everybody to just start calling. Just call me. <laughs> I now well, want to pick up for a couple weeks. <laughs> Well, listen, with that, we say thank you so much for um, spending your time with us today on the Paper Plane Cocktail Hour. This has been so enjoyable talking with you. It's such a huge, huge honor. So thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. Well, that was fun. I can see why you wanted to bring Alicia on. (laughs) Isn't she such a dynamo? Completely. (laughs) I just can't wait to see what she does next. It was so great to get to visit in real life with Alicia and her team in San Francisco to say nothing of celebrating her many victories. But until the next actual physical show, we can only catch up with each other in the virtual space. Where can our listeners find you until then, Amy? Um, You guys can always connect with me on Instagram, LinkedIn, or email me at work. Pap, if you have my phone number already, so just text me. I always want to highlight our amazing community on my New York Nail Spotlight podcast and feature on my Instagram store tours. I'm available to help connect you to new and needed resources and answer any of your New York Nail market questions or digital market questions. And where can we connect with you, Sarah? Probably the best place to connect with me is at thepapernerd.com. You can see more fabulous stationary coverage, check out my podcast, The Paper Fold, and access stationary trends, the industry's award-winning design-driven trade quarterly as well. It's always a pleasure to learn more about makers and spotlight their work, whether it's in publication, blog, or podcast form. If you want to connect, I'd love to hear from you. I second that. And if we don't meet up, please don't hesitate to reach out to either of us with comments, questions, feedback, suggestions for guests, whatever you have. Thank you so much. We will talk with you soon. Cheers. Cheers.